0: welcome to the dash podcast i am your host trey gamage and i've got a guest joining me today mr dave swanson coming all the way out from texas he is a renowned speaker at this point he'll be speaking with some fortune 200 companies soon he's an author of the book called the dot on the left he's a motivational speaker and he's a pretty cool dude um, I met him through a man named Marcus Ogden, who has a speaking academy, former NFL player, who is now teaching folks how to speak and connect and network. So here's Dave joining me today. How are you, sir? Doing well
1: today. Thanks for having me. I really appreciate
0: it. Yeah, no problem. No problem. We've been talking already and, and rapping a little bit. Um, and I want I to tell me more about you, Dave. You, you've been, you served in the Army in Iraq, you speak. You do a lot of different things. Give me, give us an overview of your story.
1: Thanks, Ray. Yeah, there's, um, I guess, some highlights of myself and just in my bio. Uh, I'm a West Point graduate. I've also got an MBA from the University of Texas, uh, currently working on my PhD in leadership. And a lot of the speaking that I do is on leadership and on resiliency. As I was an infantry platoon leader in Iraq, I served in wasn't over 100 firefights while i was there deployed so that's uh, a lot of the areas i speak to mm. i speak to doing a bike ride across america 3100 miles in 30 days mm. i speak on climbing mount Rainier, which uh, i actually just did a few months ago so that's a new developing story which i've loved learning and growing from that one and then uh, obviously my the dot on the left is a story
0: of you know what we're getting into and what
1: yeah. we're talking about is high uh, junior college dropout I had a 2.6 GPA in high school uh, bottom 50% of their class and a 750 total SAT score wow. and I applied to West Point one of the toughest schools in America and so the book kind of described that journey of going from dropping out of junior college to how do I get into the school itself yeah that's quite a quite a bit of the challenge but I, I took some time and part resiliency and myself and yeah for sure that,
0: that's a growth mindset for sure I don't know how much of the book you can talk about now we might have to go purchase it but can we shoot let's can we start with the dot on the left why why that title first of all Um and I see the book is a you've got a bell curve and you're on the wrong side of the standard deviation of the curve Um is, is that what What does that mean well,
1: hopefully we don't lose too many guests what the word standard is, right? <laughs> That's. Uh, the statistics term that generally scares people away. But uh, the dot on the left is essentially the night before academics began, the commandant of the school takes us into a meeting and he shows the entire class's SAT profile. And on the math portion, somebody had scored an 800 out of 800 in my class. I mean, there's some pretty intelligent people at West Point. And when I looked to the left side of that curve, there was just one dot. And I was at 310, and I knew who that dot was. And I didn't think that big of a deal on it. And then when they showed the English portion of the SAT, I looked at the right, and there was a 750 out of 800 on the bell curve. And then I looked at the left, and I recognized
0: that dot of of 440 again, and I knew who that was. And so both times, I was the dot on the left, and I did not know what else enough to get into Hmm. hmm What did that... What did that mean for you? So that that sounds like a um, a mindset shift, that's that's one of those that's kind of painful, you know, to be that that on the left, or kind of eye opening to see yourself in that light. What did that do for you?
1: Well, to, to recognize that I was sitting in a room full of people who dots on the right, and that's how I, I refer to people that were there. They're they're intelligent, they're valedictorians, they're top athletes. I mean, it's you know the, the top one to two percent of you know, high school Americans are in the class with you. And when somebody saw that, somebody actually made a comment, laugh, and said, I wonder if that was the same guy, and everybody started laughing around me. And I joined in on that laughter. But I knew it was painful. Uh, I it didn't really hit me to how painful it was until the next day, which I don't want to share that story <laughs> it's part of the class. But essentially you can imagine if you have a uh, a three ten out of eight hundred on the math portion. The next day it was definitely challenging and <laughs> that growth mindset. I but I will hear this story that when the director of admissions called me about seven months before that, he said I had no chance or very little chance to get into the school and why did I think I was actually gonna make it, and I told him I would study twenty hours a day if that was what it was going to require. I would do whatever it took to just be part of that. And it took Absolutely everything that I had to give in order to even make it through the first week.
0: Mm, mm, mm. Are you still the dad on the left?
1: No, you know, it's, uh, you know, going to what we kind of discussed a little bit as you, I realized that I wasn't given my full potential. And that's truly what being a dot on the right means, is, is giving your full potential.
0: Mm. Giving everything you have,
1: whether it's you know, an education or it's your job or whatever that is then that's what makes you become a dot on the right, or maybe that's what you define success. I know that's how I define success, is never really giving up on something that you're passionate about. Okay. And so that's the way I define success. Everyone else can define it however they want. A lot of times people define it with tangible things, a house, a car, or money, or whatever. I've never really put that, you know, making things tangible with what success equals for me.
0: Hmm. Mm. So what what uh, what changed in you, you know, it's that that using your full potential? So what changed in you to get you to the other side of the bell curve?
1: You know, I, I talk about these three things that really happened from that story. I talk about and I won't get into it in depth of it is I pocketed the pain. Mm. I took that pain that was caused on me from that initial beginning and I used it all the time. I didn't really share that with everybody else. It was in my own pocket, and I could look at it any time, and I kind of used that thing. And then I just had to work harder than everybody else. The way I look at it is, if that year of me getting into that school was a marathon, running with, we're already at mile 20, and I was starting at zero, so what I had to do was I had to work harder, I had to work faster, I had to do everything possible, catch up with the people just to get to the end of that race so i could get in for west point itself yeah and what i found out was i ran so hard so fast i actually ended up surpassing some people in that race over the course of the year and so that was part of it but then the only way that i felt that i surpassed people was when i really started to help other people
0: right wow at the
1: end of the year i became a tutor for people and uh so I went from being a laughing stock to tutoring people and helping them get into into West Point as well. And I think those three things is really what allowed me to to move, you know, to that growth mindset to being a dot on the right as well.
0: Right, right, right. That makes sense. That makes that, that's that's a nice uh, transformation on the way out. Tell me, I want to know a little bit more. You're, you're in two books. Well, you've got your own book, The Dollar on the Left. The other one you said is about your unit, A Long Road Home. Tell me some about um, a serving in Iraq and uh, A Long Road Home in your unit.
1: So, Martha Raditz, who's an ABC News correspondent, she wrote the book, Long Road Home, and she's done an amazing job of this book. Uh, she captured really the relationships of what went on at Fort Hood at home and the relationships of what went on and what's considered the bloodiest day in the history of the Iraq War at this point where we, as a unit, lost eight people, killed in action and we ended up having about 70 people wounded in action in the course of this time of April 4, 2004. And that story is now being put on as a miniseries on National Geographic that'll be released November 7th. And Getting to see the first episode of it, it's it's accurate, it's a great story. Um, and being part of that, you know, I, I tell people all the time that my parents gave me one brother, the army gave me thousands. Mm. And when I look at that, uh, it became really part of this brotherhood and part of the unit and closeness with other people that were strangers before you had that. And
0: that's really combat. Uh, yes. Yeah. It's, it's very difficult to describe, but um, building those kind of
1: relationships something that, you know, you want those final kind of
0: relationships as, as time goes on in your life and that's what that gave for me. Mm. Mm. What, how do you use those experiences now to, to drive you and motivate you today? Because that's that's, that's that's tough to be in. I've never, I'm, I'm not associated or affiliated or have not been with the Army, um, but I've heard different experiences from um, people who have served and how do you use your experience um, over there and what you've been through to in your life now
1: You know I everyone that's served I, I gotta give credit and I always do the veterans about the fact that There's sacrifice involved you sacrifice time away from family you sacrifice uh, Yourself a lot of the times in the sake of you know not causing harm to your soldiers airmen marines whatever. Right. But one of the things that I speak on constantly is resiliency and how do you bounce back from being in 100 firefights as an infantry platoon leader? To describe that to the people that in a three-week period, I was in two to three firefights per day for three weeks straight. Wow. And to describe that to people. It, like, imagine going to breakfast, and you're done with breakfast, and you get shot, shot at after you get done. You go to lunch, and then after lunch, you go on another mission. You get shot at Well, after dinner. After dinner, you go out and you go on a mission, and that happens. And to describe that to people, like, why, how could you do that? Like, how do you get your, and it's simple. There was a purpose, there was this why. And for my why, it was for the safety of my soldiers. Every Mm -hmm. single time I thought of their well-being. I thought of how, if necessary, that I would sacrifice myself for them every single time. And that's the kind of leader that I wanted to be, that I needed to be, and that's what I was while I was there. And so I share that message quite a bit.
0: Yeah, Um, yeah.
1: I enjoy it, but uh, it's definitely challenging uh, to describe. It's hard to show people or tell people about how difficult it really was. But while you're in it, just like anything difficult in life, you don't know how difficult it is.
0: Right, while it's happening.
1: Get out of it, and you reflect on it. You reflect on it, you're like, my God, how did I live through all that? Right. Uh, And I think that happens to anybody in every part of your life when you go through something difficult like that, whatever it is. Yeah. Uh, it's not until the reflection period do you really know what you learned
0: from it. Right, right, right. That's, that, makes, that makes a lot of sense. And that's a powerful story to be able to use. Where do you find your, your joy now? You mentioned you like to give back. Now your, your life changed. You changed from the down on the left to the right when you, um, when you started realizing about giving and helping other people. Um, what do you do to help people now and how is that that service, why is that such an important piece? I think it's an important piece now because
1: as you gain that experience or wisdom we talk about that you can share that with other people. So I do mentor a lot of uh, folks that are getting out of the military and talking about that transition to corporate world. So I yeah. done that as well. But it's not just that. I mean I had a meeting with somebody that just retired from the military, you know, as a, a colonel and Although he's older than me, I've got more experience in the corporate world than he does uh, but that doesn't mean I can't share with him more. or introduce him to people or do whatever I can to help folks like that and I think it's, that's part of what I do now. Mentoring is just something that I enjoy doing. I share wisdom with people whether they take the knowledge or not, uh, it doesn't bother me mm. and so I think that's a part of it that I really enjoy is sharing with people, not necessarily younger, it's uh whoever's willing to listen I right. get that information in. I just hope that their lives are better because I share it with
0: them. Yeah, well you, you, have, you have been asked this question, how do you get wisdom, how do you share wisdom?
1: Sharing wisdom?
0: Because it falls on deaf ears when you try to share wisdom on its own a lot of times. People don't like to listen when you tell them those. So how do you share your wisdom?
1: You know, I, it's interesting because when i talk with people generally like when i meet with the clients and i find out what they want to cover in the speeches and what they want to do with it, if i can't take what i've learned from my lessons of life and from combat or from hiking or from climbing a mountain whatever it is and i they can't use it as soon as i'm done speaking it wasn't a good speech that's the way i Hmm. feel about it like they got to be able to take at least one thing maybe a couple things from what i'm talking about and Use that in their life today or even tomorrow, whenever they're going to actually apply it. And so, to me, that is sharing wisdom is to them to be able to take it and actually use it somehow in their life. For me to tell these grandiose stories of combat <laughs> and this match, and they're great stories, and they're awesome stories. Yeah, but if they can't apply it to their life, it's not a great speech. Yeah, so I have to be able to make a great speech from the stories and lessons learned that I do. Do
0: you have? On the top of your head real quick, is there, shoot, what can I get to apply right now in my life, or what's, a, what's something quick, some quick wisdom that you can share?
1: Well, it's, I do this with almost every speech that people, where they really want me to talk about their dreams and achieving those. I talk about how realities are greater than goals that are greater than dreams. And in rooms of people, I just did this with 700 people the other day. I said, how many of you have dreams? 100% of them raised right their hand. How many of you can turn those into goals, which means you plan for it. You set a timetable, you've done these things. You know, about half the hands go up. And then I want say, how many of you turned these these actual realities where you executed that goal that was the dream? How did you, how many of you have done that? And it always comes out about the same percent. It's about two and a half to about 15% of people actually hmm. turn their dreams into realities. And I think that piece of wisdom, everything that we talked about in my bio, those were all dreams. Wow that I turn into realities. I turn them from not just the thought my mind, but I turn it into executing it. And I think that's the biggest challenge for people. I mean, think about out of every 10 people, two to three people are achieving their dreams, like turning those realities. And the rest of people, seven out of 10, eight out of 10 have dreams. They may have turned them into goals, but they don't execute them. Yeah. And to me, if I can share that with them on how to actually execute them, I think people can walk away today doing that. And it's there's a lot involved, uh, but I think any person that out there that has a dream that wants to turn into reality can, can achieve it. I think it's uh, it's not easy. Mm-hmm. You, know, you have to have the right growth mindset that we talked about. Right. To be able to know that you're gonna fail all along that way of a dream to reality. Yeah. And being able to just be resilient and get through
0: it. What have been some of the things outside of yourself that um that have helped you some of, what I read a lot of books, so listen to tapes and things like that. What, what kind of resources have you used to, um, to get you to the place where you're at now?
1: I think it's just the mindset of never stop learning, right? Okay. You, you, you say reading books, but I think there's a couple other factors beyond that. You know, I, I also, I always listen to audiobooks in the car. Like, that's just time wasted if you're not doing something right. Uh, i learned from my friends uh, that I went to school with. So networking with people that I went to school with and having this trip, I learned from them. I asked them questions very much like what you're doing now. Yeah. Uh, even in my PhD program, like I, as I'm doing that stuff, so I continue continuously am doing something education wise. Right. But I still go out and get networks. If you know for speaking, I'm not the number one speaker in the world, right? right? So if I'm not, then I have to find other people that are doing this professionally, and how do they. that have written books, that have done all these things, and I learned from that. And I constantly am learning. And I think there was a time in my life uh, after I got out of the Army, and I just, for a few years, I was like, this is what life is. It's working. This is it. You know, work for a corporate world. And I stopped learning. And I think that's when I kind of, to me, recognized that I wasn't giving it my best or my mm. full-out mindset that I should have been doing all along. So, mm.
0: That's fair. That's fair. That's interesting. Um, another, another point that, that I had on, on my list of notes here is is my day compared to yours is not relevant. Tell me something about that too, because that was something that hit me real quick when you said it earlier. You know, when I go to speak with folks and I
1: tell them about that day, that April 4, 2004, and, you know, we lost that many people and some of the things I saw that day and how bad it is. And I always get the same response when I talk with people after. It. They're like, you know, you're talking about what's my worst day. They're like, it, it's nothing compared to your worst day. But I, I tell them I was like, but you had your worst day, whatever that is in your mind. It's not relevant to my worst day. Right. You, you still have your own worst days. You still have bad days. You still have things. And don't take away from it, and don't compare it to somebody else's because somebody else's pain is never going to be as much as your mm. own pain. Mm. So that's that's the relevance. Right, like it's not a this way that is ordinal or the way that the numbers worked out. It's not a one, two, three system. Yeah. It's 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 me. It's what relevant in my mind. So if that is my worst day that I've ever had, then I think about it. What did I get from it? What is relevant from it that I can again back to growing, growing from it? And that's what I share. Those are the stories and what I share in my speeches.
0: Wow. And that's a, that's a, that is a powerful point and a powerful close. I don't know if I want to ask any more questions after that response right there. Uh, is, is there anything, Dave, that you, anything else that you want to share that we have not um, touched on yet? You, you've given us some powerful wisdom or given me some powerful wisdom and insights already. Um, is there anything else that you want to share with us before we go? Well, you
1: know, you, you said I was in two books. Well, I want to pitch my friend's book as well, That. Uh, in a time of war, mm. uh, his name is Bill Murphy Jr. He actually wrote about the two thousand two West Point class, and actually was a character in that book as well. Uh, that's not being turned into anything as of right now, but uh, that story follows, you know, like fifteen different West Pointers and their journeys through combat and everything. Um, and Bill's just a great guy. He's actually writing the foreword um, for my book, the dot on the left, which is available on Amazon wherever you want to find it. Uh, i will be released December 5th, but that's really it, you know, the network okay. and uh, speaking, going out, uh, so I'm easy to find, dot com, all of that stuff is all there, so uh, it's been fun, this is a fun journey, and I'm passionate about speaking and writing and doing all this stuff, and uh, I've really enjoyed doing it, so.
0: For sure, and I'll see you in, in November at Marcus's um, Speaking Academy.
1: Yeah, absolutely, let me let me pitch for Marcus because he's just a, a great individual. He's put together this Ogden Speaking Academy that's in November uh, to be in Baltimore, and the networking that goes on there. I mean, it's not just the you know ex NFL players that are superstars or Olympian or professional boxers or it's just people trying to grow and network, and they're awesome people that are really there to support each other. So if you're you think that you don't have this great circle of people around you supporting your, you know, pushing you for your dreams, you'll find it at the Speaking Academy. That's that's what I really enjoy
0: about it. Okay. Yes, sir. I'm excited to go. I talked to him uh, the other day, and he'll be on the podcast soon, too. So, um, Dave, thank you so much for joining us on the Dash Podcast. And thank you for listening to the Dash Podcast. As always, we have new episodes that come out every week. We're pushing closer and closer to episode number 50. So keep your eyes open for a nice celebration live episode for that one. You can find more information on TreyGamers.com, SoundCloud, Facebook, or Instagram. And we'll see you next time. This is the Dash.